Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Today we're talking post-free agency, post-Russell Wilson trade, roster evaluations. Should be a fun show, talking about all sorts of players' movements, players available, uh, work the draft stuff in, all that fun stuff. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. This is going to be a fun show. I mean, we can get a get to look at with all the moves that have been made, where is the roster stand right now? And I think that um, as we have this, you know, phase two of free agency, which is the slower um, portion where, you know, you find good deals and and that kind of stuff rolling through uh, and then going into the draft, like we need to know where the roster stands because there's been the guys that have left guys that have been retained guys that have yeah. um, joined the roster. And so just having a chance to go through and look where everything is, I think is, um, it's like the right time to do that. So let's it, is, get to it, it is kind of the right time to do it. Cause I think it, most of the moves have been done. I think the Seahawks filled out pretty much what they're going to do. Maybe with the exception of tackle Keith, that seems to be like still a That's very a glaring, glaring hole. Um, everything else seems to be okay. As we head into the draft, I mean, you could put quarterback in that bucket, but I think the Seahawks feel like drew lock might be an opportunity waiting for them to kind of no. have a guy that they could mold a little bit. I know how you feel about it. I, and I feel I, the same. I I'm I just saying, feel, I think I don't, I don't think they feel that way. I think they too much uh, is riding on the, on jobs and seasons to put it in the hands of a guy that's got five good quality starts in his career. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is, he's got five good quality starts and what is it? 17 bad ones. Um, but it's they've got a situation where what else was it what are they going to say when he was asked it was a loaded question ask can you win with drew lock is he going to say no and basically right. throw 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 the player he, that just came over in a trade under the bus the guy that might be the starting like um, right and they didn't he can't say no and they still haven't yet to make you know made a move on like a baker mayfield thing which would kind of tip their hand a little bit as far as at least getting through a season with a guy mm-hmm. like Baker Mayfield and making it to next year's draft, they could do the same thing with Drew Locke and just basically kind of have the roster built around him and see if he sinks or swims. If he swims, that's great. If he sinks, we're in a position to take advantage next year. We can talk about that, you know, more often or uh, more as we move forward with this show. I created a a spreadsheet that basically lists all the position groups and the depth chart. And I figured we'd just share that and kind of go through it and talk about what they've done this season. So before I get to the spreadsheet, let's talk about um, what they've done so far. So we had the Russell Wilson trade that kind of set in motion everything. And um, we did not bring back Bobby Wagner. He's testing the market. I don't believe that they're probably even interested in bringing him back on a one-year deal, but we'll see. Mm-mm. Who knows? Uh, he, Dwayne, last I heard it, it um, it's sounding like he might end up with the Rams. Which, which you know, whatever. Which would be, it, it, it would be weird because this is a team that's losing a lot of, a lot of its, you know, talent. Um, 
at because of free agency and and guys at the end of their career and then to spend what it'll take to bring in Bobby Wagner um to, uh, for another aging player who's expensive uh, it doesn't seem like a good fit i i think he's a better fit you know in Kansas City where they're desperate for defensive players and defensive leadership like that would be a much better fit um than the Rams but you know what whatever uh i right i, I, hope, I, I just I want wish bobby, bobby wagner to yeah to find yeah, a spot i wish i wish bobby the best i don't care where who he, i'm not going to be like oh why did you go to a rival i don't care yeah go right he'll be, be awesome go be bobby wagner you're a first ballot hall of famer one of the best that's ever he's earned put on the right the helmet. to call yep. his own shots so, and 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 he's his own agent so he's literally mm-hmm. calling his own shots um Dwayne brown is still out there in fact might be the best option for seattle to kind of find continuity this year on its uh, mm-hmm. before it heads to the draft at the tackle position um you can say the same thing with uh, on the other side with with brandon shell uh gerald everett uh ethan posick Gino smith rasheem green is the interesting name on that list so far out there uh that we did not bring back even he's still out there looking for a job as well we re-signed quandre diggs rashad penny i think the last time that we recorded rashad penny has yet to be re-signed so that's a good move for them. Al Woods, Sidney Jones, Ryan Neal, Kyle Fuller, Brian Monet, Phil Haynes, Will Disley. Outside the organization we brought in, obviously in the trade, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, and then Quentin Jefferson came back, Austin Blythe, the center. Uh, we signed on a one-year deal, Artie Burns, one-year deal, and then Joel Ayegbaniwi, Ayegbaniwi, <laughs> something like that, is a a uh, linebacker uh, previously with the Chicago Bears uh, has got a ton of special team snaps, no, mm-hmm. barely any regular season snaps at at the position. And um, no, so it he's, looks a, like that's he's just a special stuff. team guy. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and now um, to be probably the Sam linebacker. Um, although, so you look at the other things that, that they also um, released Kerry Hyder and yeah. Um, yeah. Carlos Dunlap at defensive end. I forgot and the to fact- mention those guys. Yeah. So with those two guys and Rasheem Green gone, they brought in Shelby Harris, um, and then you know having a guy like Anawu come in, um, it looks like he's going. He looks like a guy who'd be a perfect fit for the um, strong side linebacker in a three-four. The C- the Seahawks appear to be making that jump um, because Kerry Hyder and uh, Rasheem Green, Carlos Dunlap, they're not true three, four ends. They're four, three ends. And so, and they're also not guys that are going to go out to outside linebacker, um, which is, you know, you have, that's why we call them edge players when we're looking at draft things, because a lot of four, three defensive ends are three, four out, um, outside linebackers, but five tech defensive ends in a four, three don't move back well. I mean, do you really want to see Rasheem Green in coverage? We saw that last year. Well, we, yeah. we saw it. But we did, and it was terrible. <laughs> right. Um, and so having like they appear to be who who are they retaining um on the defensive line they're either guys that they believe can move and to a three four um outside linebacker um or guys that can play up front in a three four they're you know the the big guys the um Mm -hmm. al woods and brian monet and and those type of guys guys that can eat space in a three four um, they seem to be going all in on uh, this conversion. Now, I still expect them to be um, somewhat multi in terms of their fronts and and move people around and and come out in different uh, different sets throughout 
uh, this season, but it does look like they're altering their personnel to be much more three, four ish on defense. Right. Right. So, uh, I brought up the, the spreadsheet that I kind of put together. Um, it might be hard to see on your phone. I think if you turn your phone, uh, landscape, you might be able to see it a little better. And then everyone that's watching on a desktop or laptop, it should be fine. I could probably go, I could eliminate us and I could just go full screen like that might be, might be better just for a little bit. That's, that's typically better because no one wants to look at me and you, um, (laughs) uh, it's just the way it is. Um, and for those of you that are, uh, listening to the audio only podcast, um, we're going to be talking about players. We're not going to be pointing at things and expecting you to see it. So it'll still work. Um, yeah, so, so let's start, start at the yeah, let's just start at the top left corner quarterback. Drew Locke yeah. and Jacob Eason is there. Pete has talked endlessly about bringing back Geno Smith, mm-hmm. although he's still a an open free agent. That's why he's not on this um list. Um so obviously thin as we move towards team needs. Um and I'll have that graphic up after we after we have a discussion about the the whole list here. Um, I think, you know, you can have quarterback on that list. Now, whether or not we act on it this year, given the, the way that we strategize, um, moving towards this season, what is your opinion about what Seattle does? Do you think they're going to stay? Do you think it's likely now that we either move on Baker Mayfield or we draft a guy? Um, Actually, with all the stuff, all the all the movement, um, that's, there's a lot of quarterback movement that's happened, including uh, Matt Ryan to Indy and, and all of that. Um, where are the places that Baker Mayfield could go that have starting jobs available? Seattle. The end. Um, or Atlanta, if Atlanta is wanting a, a one-year bridge. Um, like, those are the two options. Um, so... There is not going to be a market for him. No one's going to give up a lot for him. So they're going to sit back and wait because there's no way that Cleveland goes into training camp with their former uh, number one overall pick starter and the guy they just gave $230 million guaranteed to and traded away all those picks for. Yeah, um, and I think they went out and got a second. They they got a backup too. I they did. Remember who, brisket? Brisket? Uh, Br- Brissette. Um, yeah, percent. Um, and so they may, Baker Mayfield will not be on that roster. So they, they can wait this out. There's no reason to go throw um, a high pick at them. Um, and either, $18 million. So yeah. Yeah. Cleveland's going to have to solve that. Yep. So, so they may either, even just release him. Yeah. So that's what I'm waiting. You just wait it out because no one's trading um, for him. Uh, so you wait it out, wait for them to release him, which they probably will here in a couple of weeks. Um, and then you don't have to give anything up and you can go sign him to a, you know, a one year prove it deal. Maybe you give him $7 million or whatever to come in and be your starter. And you don't have to take a quarterback from this not good quarterback draft at all. And you can have your one year bridge and it gives Mayfield a chance to go out and um, play one year with where he's pretty much got the starting job locked up um, and build his market so that next year he can, you know, try and go get a better, uh, a better deal, a bigger deal. All right. Running back. Um, why don't you tell me what your thoughts are on this list here? Uh, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, 
got a couple of young guys and Josh Johnson on the practice squad last year and Darwin Thomas they Thompson they picked up and uh features deal um this is essentially the same running back room they had last year minus Alex Collins and Alex Collins was the steadiest thing they had last year um so I I I think the running back room is is a mess um Chris Carson is a guy that everybody likes he's a fan favorite but he hasn't played much was not available all last year, has a this neck injury that required surgery. Um, it's very similar to the neck injury that um, ended the careers of Cliff Averill and um, Cam Chancellor. And so uh, I, do we count on him coming back? I just don't know. Um, Penny looked fantastic down the stretch um, the last five games. They brought him back. Um, but he's also before that he had three and a half years where he barely played because he was always hurt. So who do you do? Are either of those guys, guys you count on next year? I don't think they are. Um, DJ Dallas looked good in at times last year, Mm -hmm. but has never been super impressive as a running back, but he's been better as a, um, kick returner. Travis Homer is good out of the backfield catching passes, but can't run between the tackles worth much. It's just an, it's not a, it's not a good group. Um, I would say likely is that, you know, Carson, because of his contract, ends up not coming back um, and they go with a draft pick. Uh, to So it's going to be paying yeah. in the draft pick. Yeah. You know, you pretty much said everything that needed to be said there. I mean, that's exactly the way it is. Um, so the, how about? I'd say, why don't you do the same thing for a wide receiver? Okay. Well, wide receiver is pretty well said at the top with Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, Dwayne Eskridge, who didn't play a lot last year because he was hurt early, never really got into a rhythm, kind of came on a little bit. I'm anxious to see actually what he does this year uh, with the evolution of the offense um, and him being available from day one, if possible. And then Freddie Swain rounds out that top four. Then you've got Aaron Fuller who's been hanging around a little bit now. Cody Thompson's been here forever on the practice squad. Kane Johnson came in last year as a, kind of an up-and-coming guy that uh, surprisingly didn't go drafted. Seattle picked him off in the um, undrafted free agent market. Matt Cole and uh, Penny Hart's still uh, hanging around as well from from the last couple of years. So at the top, uh, it seems like that the, the top four are pretty well set this year. Um, I don't see Seattle reaching or drafting high for a wide receiver. They may draft for depth later on. They've got eight picks now likely to come out of the draft uh with a couple more in addition to that so maybe later uh they could get some value with a guy that can also come in and play special teams as well and add to the competition there for those guys uh trying to make it to the uh to the fifth and sixth spots possibly um what do you think about the idea of since the seahawks are kind of in this rebuild um if they get offered like i say a second round pick for tyler lockett do they take it that's interesting, you know, that the market out there is crazy. We just saw, um, you know, the Kansas City wide receiver Hill being traded to the Miami Dolphins for picks. That was kind of an epic situation, epic move. And it really it, it tipped it, I think, more in terms of DK Metcalf possibly being available out there on the market and teams desiring the upside of Metcalf and his age versus Lockett, his contract and his um in his his age and so 
lock it? Yeah, I mean, as a trade? team, what what can you get value for? And do you want to? Are those two your building blocks? Would you rather build around DK Metcalf? Yeah, you probably would. Do you want to pay DK Metcalf twenty five to twenty seven million dollars a year, which looks like what the market would probably bear next year? I don't know if the Seahawks want to do that. And DK Metcalf has struggled at times with his um, immaturity and um, play on the field and just inconsistencies. He's got tremendous upside. Everybody knows that. Everybody likes DK Metcalf. But do you want to pay DK Metcalf $27 million a year? Um, yeah. I mean, you've got to have centerpieces to build around on your offense. And he seems to be a guy that you could definitely build around long term. Tyler Lockett. Has probably got at least two or three more years, but he's going to be, uh, you know, towards the downside of his career here soon as well. We just don't know exactly when that's going to happen. He's a guy that's ca caught, you know, over a, a thousand yards here three, four years in a row and is just as steady as you can be. But is he going to be the same steady receiver with a, with a new and unproven quarterback? I'm not sure. Do you take advantage of the market now as you build out the roster? And we talk about, we're going to go through you'll see there's many holes that the seahawks could improve upon if they had young cheap talent and those two wide receivers would give you some more picks but as we know just having picks in the draft doesn't mean anything those picks need to turn into something and it's mm -hmm. it's always a 50 50 proposition at best yeah um i I just look at that trade and I go, okay, um, the Chiefs looked at it, that massive deal that um, uh, Devontae Adams got from Vegas and, uh, yeah. you know, that uh, the Chiefs were looking at having to give a deal like that to a guy who is a great player, just absolutely game-changing speed, but he's a smaller guy, a guy who that speed is what what makes him a great player and he's you know that's not going to last right at some point guys that are all speed start to they lose that step and then they they aren't there so you're they were just looking at the idea of paying this massive deal and they weren't sure they wanted to do that um and instead they got five picks for a wide receiver which is just crazy um that's a crazy good return and I just look at that and I go, for them, this is a team that's been to four straight uh, AFC title games, two Super Bowls in there. Yes. Um, and you can see that the window is closing. Their defense took a major step back last year. They had to spend a lot of free agent money on uh, the offensive line to try and fix that. Um, but the defense still needs a lot of work. And they don't have the money to do it. So now they turn around and they free up cap space and they get five picks yeah. for, for this guy, but they do take a step back because you don't, he's such a game changing talent, but five draft picks. Yeah. Well, now you, you have the opportunity to go and improve your roster on draft picks. You're going to take a shot. I mean, you yeah. may miss, you might miss, um, but you're going to take a shot and you get right with the salary cap and it, it actually strengthens your team going forward. Uh, as a whole, mm -hmm. when, when you come to complete roster building um, and you're not just focusing on one position, those those contracts, Keith, are just crazy. And they're it, getting, it really yeah. does. And they're slightly ahead of the cap 
growing by mm-hmm. the, the media contracts that are coming in in the next two years. And so it makes it really difficult this year. But I think as time goes on, those contracts end up being the norm, which is uh, astounding to me, but it is what it is. And so um, if you if you extend DK Medcalf this year at, say, twenty three, twenty two million dollars, that might be a bargain in two years. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather do that and build around DK Medcalf and have that piece on the Seahawks for the next four or five years as we try to contend again. If you trade DK Metcalf, that's a key piece that you wouldn't be, that you wouldn't have as you're trying to ramp up. So, and you mentioned Tyler Lockett. I'm just not sure. Tyler Lockett's such a glue piece to this offense and to the, you know, as an outlet um, for any quarterback coming up. Um, I think he would, he would be a great fit. And so I would hate to lose Tyler Lockett. But again, you're talking about value here. Mm-hmm. And I, and I keep going back to DK Metcalf because I'm, I honestly believe that phones are ringing um, at well, the I DMAC ha- and, I and for DK Metcalf. I don't, I, I don't want to see Metcalf play in another uniform, but this is a team that's roster is kind of crap at the moment. Um, and having that Ferrari at wide receiver doesn't mean anything if you can't put gas in it because you don't have a quarterback. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's where they're at. They don't have a quarterback. So and we have an opportunity our, to take advantage of a market that's just kind of crazy right now. Yeah. So if there's if there's someone calling and offering, you know, Green Bay. Uh, a package, it's not going to be what um what the Chiefs got, but if they could if they could get something that's similar, they could get uh, a one and a two out of this deal if they were if they played it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and if, if they can do that, like Green Bay get a a one this year and a uh, like a one and a five this year and a two next year. Uh, as much as I'd hate to see Metcalf leave, I would really consider it because this is this is not a good roster and they need to rebuild and they need a lot of opportunities to get a new players in here if they're going to do so. And yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know everyone would be upset at this conversation, and I get that. And like I like he said, we're not advocating no for the move but if the move happens um, it's not it it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the world just like took the words right out of my mouth and you get compensation for it at the top of the market for dk metcalf right now he's not gonna you know he may end up being worth more 
three years from now because he just completely goes off the rails and and at a at a high um all pro level um and and that's just the chance you have to take when you ship somebody out but the return there i think for a rebuilding team where you've got roster holes all over the place is really something that you do have to look at well and the other half of that is if you are going to go in through a year with drew Locke as your quarterback uh the value that dk metcalf has may go down as metcalf has an off year because they don't have anyone who can get him the ball uh and so now you're one year closer to that decision of do you pay him a ton of money or let him go and his value went down both because team there's that's one less year of team control that you'd be trading for if you were trading for him and you know one year closer to having to give him that mega deal so uh ultimately this might be the this might be the best opportunity for the Seahawks if they are going to make that move i just i don't want them to yeah if i'm being but, completely honest i just don't want them to i want them to sign metcalf would you do would you do lock it um Lockett's he's harder to trade I think I think he's harder to trade because he got a bigger deal last year um and so his his contract's a little there plus he's he's older he's smaller he isn't that prototypical one um even though he has all of the production for the last like four or five years like he's just been so good consistently every year um I think he's a you know top 15 top 20 wide receiver in the top NFL. 15 yeah top um, 15 easy and Maybe top ten. I mean, and I don't, I don't know if NFL GMs and NFL circles see him in that same way that we do because we we see him play. We know uh, the things he does. It's he's not just a guy with stats. He's a guy that does all these little awesome things that make him good. Um, and so, whereas DK Metcalf might be worth three picks you know a couple early picks and a, and a later pick what do you think Lockett would fetch see that's why I'm not sure how talent and and production he looks like a guy that would be worth a first round pick but then you look at him on the field and he's a little guy and he's fast and shifty but he's not that um you know he's not, not a Metcalf. traditional number one yeah he doesn't, look, he doesn't look like Julio Jones or or whatever uh I go hey they're probably not gonna get a one for him so if they can get like a two and a four um that's probably the where they're going to what they're going to get from him maybe a two and a three if they're lucky um that's, yeah and <laughs> sorry. I, I wouldn't t- i don't know that so, i would take that return i think lockett would be more valuable to a new quarterback and in an offense that needs some continuity mm-hmm. i think dk Metcalf would certainly raise um would raise the the the, the interest of the seahawks front office and I think it based on the way that this market has played out <laughs> so far with all the epic trades and team acquisitions, um, this would just be one more that you mm-hmm. would add to the 2022 off season of players changing teams and, and teams giving compensation. I mean, literally there's like six or seven changes now in first round um, draft picks as far as changing teams and so forth, just because, it's kind of crazy. Okay. Um, tight end, Keith. We we inherited Noah Fant in that Russell Wilson trade, probably the the marquee player that we got in return. Will mm-hmm. Disley came back. Kobe Parkinson's still there with some upside. We just don't know yet. Um, talk to me a little bit about the tight end group. Having Noah Fant and Disley kind of doesn't force us to really have to do much. Yeah. I mean, basically, you've got your one and your two with, with Fant and Disley. You've got 
the upside play um, with a six foot seven um, Colby Parkinson, who the team really likes. He's had some injuries, but then, and he's also just had a hard time getting on the field. He's um, got kind of buried on the depth chart is what's happened with, with talented guys above him. And that's kind of the case now. Um, I still think there's a lot to be had from him. Um, So really they're three deep uh, at that position. And, you got Tyler Mabry, who they team likes. He's been around for a while. Do they do anything there? Maybe like an undrafted free agent or a sixth round pick? But I don't, they're not going to add anything significant. Yeah, because if they do add somebody, it's likely they may not make the squad. I mean, Colby Parkinson, I think they still would like to find out what they've got there. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. clearly a red zone target. He didn't get a lot of action last year. Not sure why. But uh, with Noah Fant and Disley there, there's an opportunity for him to have a role. And I'd just like to see that play out a little bit. All right, let's get to the spot that's the most problematic, I think, right now as time is, other than quarterback, is the offensive tackle position. Both left side, Stone Forsythe, right side, Jake Curran are there. Uh, We didn't see Stone Forsythe last year, sixth round pick um, in the 2021 draft, still waiting for an opportunity. He certainly got it right now as the roster stands. I don't expect it to stay this way, though. Yeah, and I'm very confused. Um, they've gone out and they've spent money um, at other positions, but their most glaring weakness, which has been offensive tackle, has literally sat there all offseason as an obvious like thing. I mean, and they well, they did they did try. They they did, but they didn't try hard enough because they haven't actually added anyone. Um, and so, what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to sit at nine and and take Trevor Penning? I wouldn't mind that, but that only solves half the the problem they still got you know the other side there's still no depth whatsoever right um and it you're not going to be able to win with Forsyth and Curran as your starting tackles um going into this year now they may both uh turn into yeah yeah, and turn into better players but they're not there now um you gotta have a guy if if you're gonna give Curran the starting right tackle job, yeah, I think you need at least one guy. you have to have a proven guy on the left side, someone that your quarterback can trust. And if um you're going to go with uh, Stone Forsyth on the left side, then you've gotta have a proven veteran on the right side so the so quarterback me, knows he can roll away from pressure if he needs to let me let me share the list with you of available left tackles in free agency currently. Dwayne Brown. Oh. That seems okay. like the obvious choice for a guy mm-hmm. that can come back on a one-year deal. I still think that this is possible. Eric Fisher, previously with the Colts. Riley Reef, Chris Hubbard, previously with the Browns. Kendall Lamb, Nate Soldier. I mean, it's it goes downhill quickly from there. Um, at the Another. right tackle position, you've got, um, hold on just a sec. Brian Beluga is the guy, uh, previously with the Chargers. Um, and then Daryl Williams, Billy Turner, Marcus Cannon, Jesse Davis, guys that who knows, right? So, um, and Brandon Shell is still sitting out there. And so is it possible? I wanted to ask you this when I saw both of our tackles from last year are still sitting there. Is it possible Seattle runs back, grabs those guys for one year deals and just goes forward like that in 2022? Possible. Yes. Likely. No. Um, they're trying to move on. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to get cheaper. They're trying to. Oh, there's no doubt um, about that, Keith. And and I don't think you go do you do that by bringing in the 37 year old guy that's uh, whose play has been declining. 
um, you know, or Brandon Shell, who's never been great. He's had a few good games here and there, a good stretch, um, you know, you know, during the first six games of his time in Seattle, but not, he's not been good otherwise um, in his Seattle tenure. How do you get better by bringing any of those guys, either of those guys back? Um, I mean, you get significantly worse by not replacing them and going with nothing. Um, but you don't get better by bringing those guys back. So I no, I, no, I we're not them. talking about getting better. We're talking about getting through a season, though, for yeah. our quarterback and for our team, just yep. to basically ride to the next stop. Yeah, just kick the can down the road again. I mean, um, Dwayne Brown would be the the guy that that I think is more likely of those two. Um, you know, Shell Shell's a replacement level player. You listed out a bunch yes. of guys, and are any. Yeah. Are any of them significantly worse than than Shell? No. Um, so the 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 only reason you bring Shell in is familiarity. Um, okay, I'd rather take the chance with someone else and see if someone if the younger guys got some got some upside that maybe I'm not. Yeah, seeing I would. Or I would. I, just, if, I wouldn't bring him back. Yeah, I agree with you. Dwayne Brown seems like the logical choice there to come back on a one year deal at left tackle, and then I would let Jake Curran compete with a possible draft pick as mm -hmm. we move move forward um let's shift to guard you want to do um the offense on this show and and uh split yeah. this thing in two let's do that so um damian lewis gabe jackson obviously the starters nothing to worry about there uh phil haynes came back on a deal and then pierre olivier lestage is sitting there dakota shepley is also listed as a guard on seahawks.com uh but he can also play center and then kyle fuller came back at center austin blythe at center so that's our interior offensive lineman. Seems to me like we're pretty well set heading into the draft, but it mm -hmm. may be that they draft a guy to compete at center, possibly yep. you know a swing guard type of player as well. Blythe is a guy that a year ago was a was considered kind of a big name. It was, he's a, a great player, but he didn't play last year. Um, spent I think he played what like seven snaps all year. Because yeah, Creed, of Creed Humphrey also came and played. Took his took his um, box. Yeah, that's part of it. But, um, you know, so Blythe uh, is coming in. He's got uh, he's got the talent, got the experience, good player, but is he healthy enough? Um, and Shepley and Fuller are your, your backups, and that's kind of scary because we saw Kyle Fuller right. be terrible um, the right. beginning of last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't even understand how he came back, but he did. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm not sure how he is still in the league at this point um unless he's just roster fodder because they needed someone to snap a ball during training camp um that's possible too because it's an unguaranteed deal yeah so you know a guy like cole strange like in the draft which would be yeah. a, a center prospect but also could play guard mm -hmm. seems like the a perfect fit a guy that you could probably pick up in the with our third round or fourth round pick one of those fourth rounders yep. um yeah, interesting. So do you have any I, concerns with, with the way things shape up on the interior offensive line other than I just think the, sounds... depth, the depth isn't there. I mean, the two starters at guard are fine, and, and Austin Blythe is, is good, but I just don't see much behind them. Phil Haynes has played in a few games in his entire, what, four years in Seattle, mm -hmm. and he's and looked Jermarco up. Jermarco Jones you know, left. Yep. He signed a um, way too big of a deal to go be a backup. Um, that made very little sense I, I don't i don't see the depth and i think they can they're going to address the depth in the draft yeah the offensive line in, in, as a whole right now is just horrific to me yeah 
because you right now you're looking at um an offensive line from left to right of Forsyth, um, Lewis, Blythe, Jackson, and Curran. Um that's not gonna intimidate anybody. Jackson is the one like a good player. Damian Lewis might be. We saw him, he looked great as a rookie, but did not um it didn't carry over last year because of all of um the injuries and stuff that he dealt with. Maybe you could move Damian Lewis inside the center and put Phil Haynes at left guard. Possible. Well, I mean, we got Austin Blythe. I mean, if Austin Blythe still plays the way that he played for the Rams, I just don't see that being a problem. I think he comes right in and kind of takes over, especially with Shane Waldron and Dickinson there. Mm-hmm. Um, that He's their guy. They brought him in for a reason. They trust him. You know, um, I think it's his spot to lose right now before the draft. If we happen to draft the center in the first two rounds with one of those first three picks, he's in jeopardy but other than that i think he's, a, so he's you're ta- good to talking go. about bringing guys back um before this team brings back shell i would rather see them bring back ethan posick to be the a backup center backup guard because he can play all three interior line spots he is good for a backup he's and not yeah and he's not good enough to be your every down starter i, I just don't think you to go forward with him um, in that spot if you're expecting to get better um, but you know he can come in and play a few games he has experience um, he, at both guard and center I, I think it's just a it's a it's a good fit the market hasn't been there for him he's still out there waiting for a phone call um, if he's waiting for too much longer a one-year deal to come in be the backup center backup guard they could do far worse all right quickly what are your offensive needs and what grade would you currently give the existing offensive roster? My offensive needs are everything but tight end, and I would give this roster a D. Oh, it's so painful. Last year we were going into to the season with so much optimism, Keith. I predicted 13 wins. I, you know, it was just one of those crazy things, right? And now we have not a completely different roster save Dwayne Brown really but here we are with despair in our hearts that Drew Locke is our quarterback and our running back room is completely dis- disheveled and the only thing really good well I mean the wide receiver room and the tight end room look pretty good yeah. other than that it's really bleak yeah because I mean when you got a guy like Russell Wilson he covers up a lot of stuff um he sure made does. he he can make a bad offensive line look less bad um and you know i I just um they're gonna miss him so much especially if if drew locks the guy the running backs just they're just we were kind of you know okay like there's a lot of talent in that running back room when we went in last year it's the same group of guys um coming back but after a year of seeing you know chris carson not play and then we're looking back and go wait he hasn't been healthy for a while now he hasn't been the chris carson that we think of when we think of the words chris carson for a couple of years um is he still worth that contract is he still worth worthy of a roster spot after being you know is penny Penny worth 5.75 million dollars for (laughs) six or seven games of production and the rest was just scattered over three and a half years Yep. Where it was like he has to be the guy crazy. that he was for those last six games all year. He needs yes. to play. 
He needs to play in 12 or 13 games minimum and be that guy that we saw. If, he's, the last if he's that guy and Drew Locke turns out to be a somewhat decent placeholder um, and, you know, the tight ends and wide receivers have good years and the, the offensive and, line comes together, and, this team could actually and, surpass expectations. I and, get it. And... And, yeah. and this and yeah this we're gonna have, happen yeah but and that has to fact, happen you know for a fact we're gonna have that issue for at least two years yeah but it's not we're gonna it's, have the if 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 situation going on for a while until it's this not proves it it's not if this happens or that happens it's if this happens and that happens and that happens and that other thing happens you're talking now you're on a you're you went through a six um a six game parlay if you're want to talk in betting terms um how likely is it that you hit on all six of those games uh the, the answer is very low and yes. you end no up question. losing all your money yeah. um now if, the, if you do hit on right. all of them but, you're gonna make but, a ton of money but you're not gonna hit on all of them i i basically came i i said two ands rashad penny and drew lock if rashad penny and drew lock have league average years for drew lock and an above average year just like we saw from penny in the last five or six games not maybe slightly step down from that this team could actually outperform expectations that's all i'm saying yeah but expectations are three wins i so think out, expectations out, are bigger out, than that actually i think expectations three wins. i think by the time we get in september and we record a show about predictions expectations are going to end up being seven to, to eight wins with this i roster. hope not I hope not. One, I know. I, I don't think this. Roster I hear you is though. Good. I don't. I, one, I don't think this roster is good. I think this roster is bad. It's and not. Two, it's not good yet. But they, we still have eight to ten picks out to I, add to the roster. Yeah, but so does every team. And th yeah, but three of them are going to be pretty high. Maybe four, five in the top one hundred, probably. True. That's a pretty significant infusion of young, hungry, fast talent to your team in key true. position groups. But you're going into the draft as a bad team. And everybody is drafting players. Yeah, fifteen so, teams out of the NFL go into the draft as a bad team, though. <laughs> I mean, we got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm just I, I don't see you can't make enough additions to this roster to make it a good roster. And we if, haven't even talked about the defense yet, which is the next show. Which is a yeah, the next show and a big problem. Um, I just I think expectations. We need to walk into this year with low expectations. And I think walking into the year with low expectations is good news because you don't want this team to win seven games. If they go it, it, seven, it, it does seem like perpetual, like middling ground. If we win seven wins, because there's no way out of seven to nine wins. Yeah. But, there, we, would, but if we traded like a DK Metcalf, we would have the ammunition to move up almost anywhere in the draft to get the quarterback that we need. So yeah, but it could be you, it could be worse. I'm just saying it could be you worse. Could, or you could this team do is going to be competitive, though, Keith. You know that the the coach is not going to allow them to lose games on purpose or anything like remotely. No, they're not going to lose game on purpose. That. But they're but they don't have the talent. They don't have the talent to play with teams. This is a talent deficit team. We just went through the roster. It's it, it, it uh, is it is what it, it is. It is. They don't have the talent, and they don't have a Russell Wilson to go in and bail them out and make them look better than they are. Um, this is a team. If they go out and win three games, I think that's that is what the roster looks like to me. They look like a three-win team. And but this is a puts, coach that's writing everything on the defense winning games for him this year. And we're going to go through the defensive roster in this next show, and we're yeah. going to show that maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. 
and they're going to be in a spot to um, basically look at this. They're they're going to say we're going to you know we're we're going to go for nine ten wins and try and make the playoffs. Everyone's going to look at the roster and say eh, seven wins maybe. And I'm going to look at this roster and I'm going to say honestly, if I'm being truly honest with the talent and compare it to the other teams around the NFC, I see a three or four win team. I see a team that's going to pick first or second in the draft, and they're going to be in perfect position to draft the next franchise quarterback and to do so without having to trade DK Metcalf to make it happen. That, to me, is not bad. That is the ideal path. And I, you'll say that I'm being like pessimistic when I say this roster that's is three wins. That's not necessarily pessimistic. That's a strategy. That's not being pessimistic. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I, I see that as being the fastest rebound, the fastest way towards um, becoming an, a contender again. Can and you, you make, can you say? Can you argue that Pete Carroll can still be Pete Carroll, and being the Mister Optimistic, Mister Competitive, Mister everything right going forward and still lose can can those things still come together oh yeah they can i mean he can go he'll he'll be talking about you know we're making progress and we're getting better and you know we're getting things figured out and and uh, we're getting we have all these young guys and they got to figure out how to play together and blah 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 but we're gonna get there and he'll be he'll be peating it up all year and then the team will be bad and then they'll come around and be like you know what we weren't good, but we didn't have we we have a, we're have an opportunity to go draft our franchise quarterback. We have all this cap room and all these young players, and we're going to be great next year. And I mean, that's that's Pete Carroll. <laughs> well, and that's really the way it is. Yeah, you know, that's the way it is. All right, let's get out of here, Keith. Hang with me though. Um, so you can find Keith at Myers NFL. I'm at uh, NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube, and please subscribe. That would be great. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.